the 205th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicines. Scams, as it were. This one is called Acupuncture's Big Myth. There was a discussion over at Dr. Edzard Ernst's blog concerning the most important myth about acupuncture. It was a response to a blog entry over at Acupuncture Now Foundation, who suggested, quote, The most important myth that needs to be put to rest is the idea promoted by a small group of vocal critics, yo, that acupuncture is nothing more than a placebo. Well, no, that is not a myth. Acupuncture is a placebo. Dr. Ernst does not think that the placebo effect is the biggest myth of acupuncture. Quote, so what is the most important myth about acupuncture? I am not sure, and unlike the ANF, I do not feel I can speak for the rest of the world, but one of the biggest myths for me is how acupuncture fans constantly manage to mislead the public. I do like that reply, but with all due respect to Dr. Ernst, I disagree. Having a Beeble-Broxian ego, I know I can and I will speak for the rest of the world. I met a lot of analyses I didn't like. I read a lot of meta-analyses, both for my work and for my hobby of science-based medicine. Such a hobby. It is always nice to think about what goes into a meta-analysis. They are completely unlike sausages and laws, as you really need to know what goes into their production. For example, consider the effects of statins. Statins are pretty much interchangeable from a mechanistic point of view and are comparable. Beta blockers? Maybe not so much. Beta blockers can be a bit more variable in their effects, so you would be cautious of a meta-analysis that compared medicines that were beta-1, beta-2, and beta-agonists. And it would depend on the pathophysiology being treated, hypertension or heart attack or migraine. Infections? Well, the use of nafcillin, ciprofloxacin, and metronidazole are vastly different. I can think of no process where it would make any sense in comparing these three antibiotics in a meta-analysis for any process. A paper entitled, say, A Meta-Analysis and Systematic Review of Antibiotics for Meningitis would probably be ridiculous. Proponents of acupuncture like to use favorable meta-analyses as evidence of efficacy. For example, take acupuncture as an intervention to reduce alcohol dependency a systematic review and meta-analysis. Please. They, quote, aim to ascertain the effectiveness of acupuncture for reducing alcohol dependence as assessed by changes in either craving or withdrawal symptoms. After reviewing 15 randomized controlled trials, they came to the conclusion that, quote, acupuncture was potentially effective in reducing alcohol craving and withdrawal symptoms and could be considered as an additional treatment choice and or referral option within national healthcare systems. Now, of course, all the studies were of poor methodologic quality, and so the conclusions are suspect. But that is almost always the case with pseudomedical studies. Here is an observation on the many varieties of acupunctures. Throughout most of the paper, they discuss acupuncture as if it were a single intervention, similar to, say, how penicillin VK is a single intervention for the treatment of strep throat. But there is no one acupuncture. I have counted dozens upon dozens of different styles of acupuncture. As I've said before, I suspect that there are actually as many styles of acupuncture as there are acupuncturists, and that if an intervention was not imposed upon them by, say, a study protocol, that no two acupuncturists would ever 
puncture the same way. And why would they? After all, the diagnostic modalities of traditional Chinese pseudomedicine, TCPM, pulse and tongue evaluation, are not based on reality, but upon the delusions of the practitioner. And it holds true in this meta-analysis as well. They compare four different kinds of acupuncture. Regular acupuncture, auricular acupuncture, auricular electroacupuncture, and electroacupuncture as if they were all identical. And no two studies use the same acupoints. And to digress, just how big is an acupoint? The size of a needle point? If so, those acupuncturists are really good at aiming. Or is it the size of a dime or a quarter? Quote, the structure and size range of an acupoint are determined not only by the outlook of depression in blood vessel areas, but also its relationship to other acupoints in its vicinity. The different manipulations of puncturing recorded in the Yellow Emperor's Canon of Medicine also show the ambiguous nature on the structure and size of an acupoint. In theory, an acupoint has been characterized as various forms, which should not be limited to a mere round dot shape. Without such understanding, an acupuncture practitioner will be limited to a large extent in clinical application, and the studies on acupoints will also go in the wrong direction, end of quote. So it seems that acupoints, like acupuncture, or whatever the acupuncturists need them to be. And you have to wonder what the Dicke effect would be on Stasha Randall, who had 3,200 different needles placed in her. Do we really know when a study says the needle is in a given acupoint that it actually was? It would be nice, as in x-ray studies, to have at least one photographic documentation of needle placement evaluated by blind readers to confirm that the needles were indeed in the correct space. I remember my days as an intern placing subclavian catheters by landmarks. Half a centimeter makes a big difference in whether or not you're hitting lung, vein, or artery. Why not a similar requirement for acupuncture needles? And I digress further, but I also wonder, are acupoints reversed in patients with situs inversus? If acupoints are actual structures and not a mythical metaphor, are their structures controlled by genes? And on what chromosome? And are there polymorphisms that lead to more or less active acupoints? Can you make a mouse knockout with no acupoints? These are questions that would have answers if acupuncture is not a pseudoscience, which it is. And no two studies use the same frequency or duration of acupuncture. None of the included studies are even remotely equivalent and cannot be compared or pooled. It is like concluding that pills are useful for the treatment of hypertension, with the obvious caveat that, being based on reality, some pills, like antihypertensives, do have actual effects. They do note this weakness, quote, the clinical heterogeneity associated with the different acupuncture technique limits our ability to identify which technique was more effective for treatment of alcohol disorders. Acupuncture treatments also varied in duration, frequently, and the acupuncture points used, making it difficult to assess the key characteristics that might be associated with the effectiveness of the intervention. Making it impossible, you mean. But they are unworried about this problem. Garbage in, sausage out. A quick look at acupuncture meta-analysis, and you can see the same pattern. No two compared interventions are the same. Acupuncture for Spinal Cord Injury and Its Complications, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. They use a hodgepodge of acupuncture techniques that were evaluated but compared as if they were all equivalent. 
But the conclusions suggest that, quote, our systematic review and meta-analysis suggests that the evidence for the effectiveness of acupuncture, as if it was a single thing, as a symptomatic treatment for SCI and its complications is encouraging but limited. And by the way, if acupuncture works by way of neurologic pathways, as some propose, why would it be effective in spinal cord injury? For gout, 28 studies, each acupuncture different in the points or style. It made no difference that, quote, the acupoint selection was inconsistent among included studies. Nevertheless, SP6, ST36, and ACIPOINT were the most commonly used acupoint. In our present study, data was combined without differentiating acupoint selection and acupuncture techniques. And then suggest benefit from acupuncture, whatever acupuncture could be. ASHI points, by the way, are essentially trigger points and differ from patient to patient. So the third most used acupoint was a random acupoint. Hot flashes? 12 different interventions. Yet they conclude acupuncture is effective in decreasing hot flashes, as if acupuncture were one intervention. Sleep apnea? Five different interventions, yet acupuncture has efficacy. And on and on and on. There is no squaring this circle. In no meta-analysis are there ever two interventions that are even remotely the same. I would suggest that the great variability in the interventions with similar results is further evidence that the effects of acupuncture are that of a nonspecific theatrical placebo. And journals really need to start using the plural form with these kinds of worthless meta-analyses. It is and always will be acupunctures. And what is the myth? The greatest myth of acupuncture, perpetuated by the language used by proponents and skeptics alike, is that there is an intervention, one intervention, that can be called acupuncture. There is no acupuncture, but a multitude. As many acupunctures as there are practitioners. And they all do nothing. And that ends the 205th QuackCast. The references and some clever links are over at Science-Based Medicine under the blog entry of the same name. Otherwise, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.